Our word today, the message title is more than a feeling, and uh, marriage, love, you know, it is more than a feeling, but so are all of your relationships. Today we're going to focus a little bit more toward other relationships and deviate a little bit just from the marriage relationship, but, but, but the way we live our life really truly has to be based on the word and not our feelings, and uh, that our relationships, where we carry ourselves as believers and as Christians means that it is, you know, more than a feeling. It, it's really truly uh, about living our life the way God called us to live. Amen. Let's make our confession. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. You may be seated. God is good. Just wanted to share this with you. I got this last week, I think, from, from Ron talking about, you know, we have elections coming up on Tuesday, so I would encourage you to pray. Uh, around here, it's easy to look and say, well, you know, it's not the, the biggest election. It's not a presidential election. Every election is important. I would encourage you to get out, vote, get out and vote righteousness, follow your heart, let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you in how you vote and who you vote for. Pray. Don't just pick one because you think that might be the way that your father did or your mother did or the church might. You pick the one that God puts in your heart to pick. Continue to stand for the world. But he sent me this scripture and, uh, you know, the difference between left and right and what's going on in the world today. And Ecclesiastes 10.2 in the NIV says, the heart of the wise inclines to the right but the heart of the fool to the left. So I don't know what that means or where that goes. You just pray about it and find out for yourself. But uh, it is Ecclesiastes 10.2. That's the word of God. So that's what we stand on here. I'm not, I'm not uh, endorsing any political party or person. I'm just, I'm just reading what the word says. And however that hits you in your house, there you go. You know, last week we did talk about filling the gap and assuming the best or assuming the worst and, and believing the best about our mate and about the situations and things that go on in our lives. And, and I believe that you can take the, some of these same traits, some of these same things that we've talked about, and you carry them over into some of your other relationships. And you know, when, when people are, are giving you a hassle and, and you're not seeming to get a break, you know, you have to begin to, to make, you have to begin to stand the gap, but you have to begin to make a difference by believing the best praying for that person. It says, pray for those who spitefully use you. And hopefully we're outside of the home now. And there are going to be relationships where people are using you. There are going to be situations that you find yourself in where you're getting the short end of the stick and you don't deserve that. There are going to be places where you go where people are going to treat you badly, not because you're a Christian, just because they don't like you. Then when they find out you're a Christian, they're probably going to like you less. So we're faced with those situations, and in those moments and in those times, that's really truly outside of our home where we're supposed to be the biggest example of Jesus Christ. Everybody loves everybody here. See, it's easy to love the lovely. The Word of God says that. It's what happens when you clash and when you run into people who don't agree with you. What happens when you run into people who who treat you poorly? What happens when you find yourself up against somebody that drives you absolutely nuts? See, they put you on that edge every time you're around them. And we're going to mix a little bit today. Not a lot, but we're going to... This is where the relationship series and the heart series kind of intersect. Because we're going to talk a little bit about our feelings. The things that are on the inside of us. That's what we dealt with in the beginning. And we said way back when we started the heart series, here's the deal. If we can understand this heart attitude issue, if we can understand that we need to monitor our heart and not put up a wall or a barrier, we need to get rid of the stuff that's in there, then we won't have to worry about in certain relationships those crazy things on the inside of us coming out. We got rid of anger. We talked about guilt. We talked about 
uh, jealousy. So we talked about all of those things that, were co- that, that come and they, they cause us to do crazy stuff, to say things that we don't mean, to live a way or to act a way that we don't want to live or want to act. And so, you know, today we're going to talk, and, and I'm gonna, I just want to show you a few things. And, and I've got a couple props here and a couple things that I want to show you because it's important. In your house, this might happen. Some of this, yes, does apply to your marriage relationship. But I think a lot of this applies outside of the marriage relationship as well. So here's the thing. As you talk about your feelings, we have to understand really truly that, that we are flesh. I mean, this thing that we live in is flesh. And your feelings are the voice of your flesh. You don't like it. How many times have we said, I don't feel like getting up today, so I'm not going to. I don't feel like being nice to them, so I'm not going to. But the Bible doesn't say, if you feel like it, love. It doesn't say, if you feel like it, reach out. It doesn't say, if you feel like it, forgive. See, it leaves that out. Why? Because that's flesh, and the Bible is against everything that's flesh. The Bible is about the Spirit. And it's about really who, 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 true, who truly we are in our own life. But we operate in this world. And so there are times, there are opportunities. I'm just telling you today, if it hasn't happened to you in all your years, you're going to get your feelings hurt. Not today, not by me, I hope. But eventually, somewhere along the way, you're going to get your feelings hurt. And what you do in that moment really truly determines how you're going to go forward. Many people get their feelings hurt, and that is it. Man, they get off the bike, that is it. They sit down on the curb, and they never go anywhere else. Why? Because they hurt my feelings. But the Bible says you're not supposed to be ruled by your flesh. You're not supposed to be ruled by your feelings. See, it says, and if you look, and you can go in Romans in chapter 5, and it says, those who live according to their flesh have their minds set on the flesh, on the fleshly desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the Spirit. The mind governs the flesh. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. And your feelings, those are your flesh speaking to you. And they either line up really truly with the lust of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, or they, they end up in the fruit of the Spirit just after that. So your emotions go two different ways, and you're the one who determines which way they go by the things you're taking in because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We don't have time to go back and look at all that. But what I want you to see today is people are put in your life for a reason. Situations, now God doesn't do bad things, but God does allow us to go through trials, and he does allow us to be in situations and have relationships where that person is going to do something on the inside of us. They're going to help us become who God wants us to be. Now, I'm not talking about abuse and all those kind of things, and that, that, that's not it at all. So if you go that way, that's, that's wrong. That's not right. I'm talking about in the relationships that you know those people because they drive you bananas. They just make you nuts. They irritate you to all get out. They push your buttons. They make you upset. They make you mad. Hopefully, again, we're outside of the marriage relationship, right? We got all that worked out last couple of weeks, you know. So. so these are the people who you deal with on a daily basis. Maybe it's your boss, your people down the street, your neighbors, whatever that is. They irritate you, but here's the thing. A pearl is made from irritation. See, in an oyster, an oyster starts by being irritated, but it handles the irritation well, and that becomes a pearl, which is valuable. 
And what I'm going to take you through in this, this, this time we have left today is we're going to go through this thing, and it's going to say, look, who do you want to be? Do you want to be valuable? Then this is what you have to do. This is how God put us. It says in Isaiah chapter 48, he tests us in the fire of affliction. Woo-hoo! Yes! He will bring people into my life who will drive me absolutely insane. Yes! I will have to be close to people who irritate the daylights out of me. Awesome! And here's the deal. What we try to do is run away from those people only to find three more. It compounds. Stay with the one who's irritating you today or you'll end up with two of them tomorrow. I've heard people say this. Well, my third wife is just like the other two. They, she irritates me the same way. I said, well, you know what? So's your fourth. I don't have a fourth. Well, you will. And then it'll be the same thing. Unless you fix you. I mean, you got to fix. You got to fix. I got to fix me. Right? And here's the thing. And this is what, you know, I mean, as you go through your life and sweetie, can you come up here a minute? Hopefully you move and not Corey. Yeah. Great. Okay. I was, had my eyes. I wasn't looking, so I don't know. I'll do it. I just want to pour it. I just can't pour it and do it at the same time. See, now here's the thing. We're all filled with stuff, right? Life has filled us with stuff. Part of the problem, life has filled us with stuff. We've gone through things. We have had our feelings hurt. And we talked about this a lot in the heart because situations happen and things happen and they're, mis- they're misplaced. Anger comes out misplaced all the time. But in your life, you know, there's me and there's you. And you're in a relationship with somebody. And who are you? Say, you're me. Right? That's who you are. Say, I'm me. I'm me. Right? And the other person is you. Because that's what we always say. You hurt my feelings. So they're you. <laughs> and every time you run into you and things happen, stuff splashes out. And it's a mess. And somebody's got to clean up the mess, and somebody's got to deal with it, and then down the way, some, and what happens is you get rid of you, it's this other you guy, and then you get a new you. And you run into them, and it's the same thing, you splash, some of it's in them, they don't like it, so they throw it back at you, and then you throw it back at them, and then it just goes back and forth, and everybody, see, everybody's upset. What do you, I mean, you're just giving pieces and parts of yourself all over the place. And what we think is, well, I'll, I, if I give out enough, there'll be nothing left, uh-uh, because then somewhere along the way, see... Something else happens in your life, and it begins to fill you up. And that's why I said the hard attitudes and the hard issues in that that scripture in Proverbs chapter 4 that says, above all else, guard your heart, because out of your heart spring the issues of life. Not just in your marriage relationship, but in the relationships of the people who are all around you. Yes, get it straight at home. Why did we start there? Because your most important relationship is with Jesus. Your second is with your spouse. And then after that, your children, family, and everybody that comes after that. So now we have to not do this with the people who are around us. Don't be getting into this thing with people who are all over the place. It's not the first time I've splashed water all over here. Thanks. appreciate that (laughs) but really see i mean every time see when we have these things and sometimes you don't even know you right they're the people at the stoplight that that is the last time i'm going to be cut off and so you give them a piece of your mind you might need to go home and get me some clothes daniel i didn't practice that part See, and you show them a piece of your finger, and you do, you know, and they get mad at you, and then you get mad at them. And I had a guy just, I'm just telling you, on Friday at Menards, I was just trying to get out of there quick. I wasn't paying any attention. The guy, like, all of a sudden, this guy thought I was trying to, I was, like, 
way far away from him, and he, he saw me cutting through the parking lot just to kind of go up onto the street, man. So he hammered it. I mean, slammed on the gas to beat me around the corner so that I, I wouldn't, what, beat him to 52? I mean, I, <laughs> this is not Pocono. I mean, we are not racing NASCAR. I'm driving a, a trailblazer, dude. I've got no get up and go. I get 12 miles to the gallon. What, what, what are we doing here? So, I mean, like, and like, he, he pulls up and like he literally, like he, he makes it a point to stop halfway in the intersection so I know he's upset with both his hands, you know. Now, I was good. I didn't have anything in my cup. So when that happened, there was nothing coming out because I've been teaching on relationships. I've been teaching on the heart, so there's nothing there. I just smiled and said, no, go ahead, man. I, I'm sorry I wasn't doing anything. And then he's like, <laughs> So I just went like this, okay. And I just drove on by. That made him matter. <laughs> then he decided to follow me. Like, oh, and I really started thinking, well, my cousin is working today. He's a cop. So I'll, I'll just get right on the phone. I mean, I thought, what am I worried about? God's with me. I didn't, I see nothing splashed out. I was in a good place. We've got to get to the point where we're in a good place, where those things happen, and, I, and you're just reaching out, that that irritation doesn't set you over the edge. People get killed in road rage instances. I can't even speak today. Probably all the water. Road rage kills people. There's a reason. Because you're out of the flesh. You're, out of, you're in the flesh. You're not in the spirit anymore. People start getting all agitated and upset. Relationships are like that. Domestic relationships get that way too. Why is there domestic abuse? I mean, these are two people that loved each other. And then somewhere down the road, all of a sudden, they're turned on each other and they hate each other more than they loved each other. Well, how does that happen? Stuff affects them. Their feelings begin to bubble up. Stuff begins to go wrong in their heart. And they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know what to do. Well, we talked about that. You know, we went through that idea that says our heart is not, you know, our heart is where we got to make our, we got to, they're not the problem, I'm the problem, my heart is the issue. See, this is a me problem. If my stuff is all filled up, this is a me problem. It's not a you problem, it's a me problem. And we in the body of Christ have been so good at making everything a you problem. Even to the extent sometimes that we make it God a you problem. And it's not. The things that don't happen in our life, the things that don't come to pass in the right time, the things that bother us, the things that irritate us, it takes too long to have this go down, all of those things that irritate you, that's a me problem. Not a God problem, not a you problem, not your mate's problem, not a person's problem. But here's the beauty in this. You are going to be irritated the rest of your life. That's the good thing. Because irritations, when handled correctly, bring pearls and how many of you want pearls see pearls are valuable pearls are worth something many of you want to spit out the sand you want to get rid of the irritation see when an oyster picks up a speck of sand in the the bottom of the ocean that sits on the inside of them and it begins to churn at them begins to bother them begins to irritate them and they begin to coat it they begin to produce this stuff that takes care of it when handled correctly poop out pops a pearl Now, different than oysters, we don't have to give our life for that pearl, but the poor oyster does. Somebody's got to pop him open and take that pearl out or whatever. I'm not sure how it all works, but But see, it started from an irritation. We spend most of our life trying to get away from irritations. 
We pray to God that he takes those irritations away from us. We find our own way out so that we don't have to be around that irritating relationship or person. And this happens in the home sometimes too, and I've shared enough about Elizabeth, and I'm not going to go through my alphabetical list. Because I am probably the most irritating person to be around that there is. And I know that, and I'm just trying to produce pearls in everybody. I'm the, why are you shaking your head? I'm the pearl producer. I mean, I'm going around, and I am in your craw, man. I am. <laughs> I'm not nearly as irritating as I used to be, I hope. Okay. I've gotten better. But things irritate you. I mean, they bother you. On Thursday, Elizabeth had a meeting over at Barnes & Nobles with a couple ladies from the church, and I was taking her over there in her little car. There's just two seats. We were driving over there. It was raining. It's about 6.30. It's, you know, traffic's not the greatest. It's awful. And I said, well, I'll go with you because I can sit and study and go through things for Sunday. I mean, I got stuff I can do, so I brought all my stuff. And I get there. We pull into Barnes & Noble, and she says, oh, Amber needed a ride home. And I'm looking at her, and we're in a small two-seater that I can barely fit in. And our house is on the west side. And we've just driven 20 minutes to get there. Awesome. <laughs> Speck of sand. Pearl, someday going to be a pearl. <laughs> so what do you say? See, how do you handle that? You just smile and say, oh, that's awesome. If I don't, then it becomes another... And then I'm the bad guy. So I'm going to keep it this way because I'm preaching. So if she was preaching. But I said, you know, that's no problem, honey. Great stuff. You know, so she jumped out. And I, I drove home. Parked the car. Got out of my car. Got in, you know, drove all the way back over there. Walked in and they all go, oh, there's John. I, I was here an hour ago. <laughs> you just didn't see me. But see, here's the thing. If you spend your life running away from the irritations, if you spend your life trying to get away from those specks of sand, if you spend your life not, or trying not to deal with those relationships and stay away from Now, again, I'm not talking about abusive situations and those things. I'm just talking about those people in your life. I'm talking about the traffic in this town. Right? Those, that also, man, just, man, I've learned. Everywhere I go, I am cut off, and I am stuck in traffic. And there's a reason. I've got to let this thing become a pearl. I mean, I'm already starting to itch my fingers because this drives me bananas, man. <laughs> First of all, they tear up 52. That's my only way to the church, right? I mean, like, that's the artery. You know, and they tear that thing up, and that is an absolute disaster. Praise God, it was open this morning. It was like angels as I drove through. Ah! Had the top down, was like wind in my hair. Yeah! But anyway, so, so they did that, so I found another route. You know, I went down by Happy Hollow and went up River Road and came across that way. Then you know what they did? They tore River Road up to shreds. They've cut off all of my arteries. I can't get to church. I've got to get places, slow drivers, people who don't know what they're doing. And every time I start to get a little fired up about it, she just smiles and says, <laughs> it's probably patient, she says. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but it is, that's an irritation. That, that's, a, that, that's an irritation. You have to learn to be, oh, it's okay. Waving at the people on the road who are working. Praying for you, buddy. <laughs> you know. 
We have those kind of relationships because you are going somewhere. You're either going to be gold and silver or you're going to be wood and clay. And it says in the house in 2 Timothy, there's both of those things. We don't have to go there and read there. But it says, you take the wood, you take the clay. And if you can deal with those situations, God will move you to gold. He will move you to silver. But you have to put down the petty things of the flesh. You have to put down the irritations. You have to let them not bother you anymore. You have to get out of your feelings and get into the Spirit. And this is like your everyday walk. This is your everyday life. That you continue to be even-keeled, going the direction that God wants you to go. And then He is the one. See, this is part of Him refining you. See, we said in Isaiah, right, in in 48, it says he he refines us, that he tests us, that there are trials that we go through. There are issues and there are problems. There are things that you face. There are are people who, who are just going to drive you bananas. But it says you are tested in the fire of affliction. That somewhere along the way, God is putting little specks of sand in your life. And many times, they're the people that you have to deal with. They're relationships that you have. It's that sister-in-law, like we talked about back in the Heart series, who just drives you bananas. See, it's the boss who just, you know, not you, because your boss is right here, so it's all good between you two. But, you know, it's your boss that just says, you know, like, the guy just drives me bananas. If you're the boss, it's that employee that just, you just can't stand. You know, it's it's that situation that's just, oh, man. And you know this is God many times because you have prayed and prayed and prayed and and, and asked God to take them out, ask them to move them, ask to move you. God, get me out of this situation, and it hasn't changed. Now, if you're doing right, it says the righteous man, the the righteous man, his his prayers are answered. The fervent prayers of a righteous man. See, they're taken care of. God hears your voice when you're praying according to his will. And if he hasn't moved that person out of your life, why don't you say or speak, or why don't you begin to say, okay, God, what are you trying to do in me? See, it's a different perspective. It's a different change. It's a bit of a swap in our life. It'll fix you. I'm telling you, if you allow God to do this, you'll end up like a strand of pearls rather than just a handful of sand. It changes who you are. It changes what you think. It changes how you live. It takes you from a place where you used to be to where he wants you to be. Many times it brings you into the next season of your life. But if you're still dealing with that same person and it's been two years and I just can't stand him and nothing ever happens, ask God, do you want to do something in me? Do you want to fix me? Do you want to change me? Be open to him doing that and then he'll take that sand and he'll make it a pearl. It says in James chapter 1, verses 2 and two through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. Why? Because those trials and those tests, those things that you go through are sand that are irritating you on the inside that will produce a pearl in your life. So it says, Consider it pure joy because you know, it says, it goes on, and it says, Because you know, that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be able to complete, that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, this is part of God completing you. Many of us are like, okay, I'm complete enough. I'll be complete enough. Please don't make me go through this. 
But I'm telling you, at one thing that you go through, you get through it. God makes a pearl. There'll be another thing on the other side. There'll be another irritating tenant or somebody else in your life that's just that's poking you in your craw. That you, have to, you continue to pray for them, of course. But I'm telling you, be open to God speaking to you about the situation. Elizabeth, I've shared this story many times years ago. Before she was teaching, she worked at Purdue, and all she wanted to do was teach. She wanted to graduate. She wanted to finish school, and she wanted to go teach. So she graduated. She finished school. She got her teacher's license, and she wanted to get out of Purdue, not because it was a bad place to work, but because she had some other desire in her heart, some other place to go. And she tried all she tried all she knew to try. I tried all I knew to try. I knew a guy who was a science teacher in middle school at Southwestern. Lou came to our school to work, and I said, Lou, she's the right person for your old job. Can you talk to your principal? I mean, I tried everything I could do. She tried everything she could do. Why? Because we knew it was God's will that she teach. But what we didn't realize at the moment or at the time was, See, there was something there that she had to learn. There was something there that she had to go through. There was some test or trial that she had to finish, that she had to complete, so God could do the work in her to make her the person that she was going to become as she moved into the next place. Right. I tell you, listen, this is important because many believers try to shortcut this step. She did. She jumped out and took a lesser-paying job teaching somewhere as an aide instead of being a teacher and we sacrificed and we really started to go in the hole and our life was really starting to get a little bit miserable but then she ended up going back to purdue and saying man i've got i've messed up then do whatever you need to do in my life there were some things in my life too when i was getting them straight but boy i'm telling you what she got things fixed got things straight in her life and she said okay god he taught her the lesson she learned the lesson she was open in that place. She was full of joy and peace and did her job to the best of her ability. She did all those kind of things. And then God, all of a sudden, miraculously, one day, poink, picked her out and poink, put her in the school. But he can't move you to that place until he completes you where you are. And many of us are refusing to be completed where we are because it's irritating us. And so we're more worried about the irritation than we are about the pearl. Get rid of the feelings. Stop thinking that way. Stop feeling that way. And I'm telling you, parents, this is, this is just a parenting tip. Sidelight. Okay, parents rescue their children many times because we love them. But I'm telling you what, if you don't allow some kids, if you don't allow some situations to go the wrong way for your child, you're getting them out of a situation, putting them into the next one where they don't have the experience to get through the next one. You're setting them up for failure. People say, well, they're going to fail. And I said, well, then let them fail. Oh, I can't do that. Well, then they're going to fail again. Now, listen, I'm telling you, I'm not saying just let them all hang off the, you know, off the deck and that's it. You really have, that's why parenting, you really have to be led by the Spirit. I mean, you really got to be like on your game because you've got to know what God's speaking to you about that kid. Not what he said about the next one or the last one or anything, but what is he saying right now about this situation? Because it's important, it's imperative. But we tend to jump in because we love our kids. We tend to jump in there because we don't want to see them get, have any harm. We tend to jump in there and try to coddle them and say, it's going to be all right. But somewhere along the way, we're pulling them out of a situation where they weren't completed. See, we're pulling them out of an irritating position in their life, not allowing that irritation to become a pearl. We're taking them and we're putting them in a new position. And what will happen is you'll begin to see that over and over and over again. We almost are setting our kids up for failure even though we love them and we want the best for them. And I'm not saying you don't stand up for your kids. I'm not saying you don't go fight for your kids. I'm not saying you don't do all those kind of things because you do. 
God will give you wisdom and he'll speak to you stuff and he'll tell you things. But as you go, be careful. Because just like Elizabeth with that job, she could have go- we could have kept going. We could have kept trying. But thank God we came to our senses and she said, I got to go back. See, I got to go back and I got to find out what that was. I got to get this fixed. We are, we are drowning here. And in your life, if you, don't allow, if you don't allow that irritation to become a pearl in your life, if you try to run away from it, you'll run into three more people just like it. If you try to get out of the ja- that job because it bothers you, you'll get a new job and it'll bother you more. See, if you try to do something in this situation, I'm just telling you, and you get away from it, you'll come into that situation times three. It'll continue to compound on you. And then those feelings, your cup runneth over of misery. Why? Because you're not allowing that irritation to become a pearl. Now you've got specks of sand all over you. So what we need to do really truly is just seek God and say, God, what are you doing in my life? What are you doing with me? What are you trying to speak to me? You know the irritated people. They want to talk to you, and it's kind of like, whoa, man, they, you need to, like, you are, wow, you, let's calm down a minute. And then when they tell you what's going on, you go like this. Well, that's not that big a deal. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, now, it's not irritating me. It's irritating you, so I understand that. But how many times do you deal with somebody, and you're talking to them, and you're telling you something, and you're like, man, that, you could, that, that's, that's easily taken care of. Or how many times have you listened to those things and you said, man, that's a you problem. That's you. That's not them. That's, that's you. See, those things happen in our life. And I was listening to a message by, by Joel Osteen, and, and it was about pearls and about irritations and some different things. And, and he used this example. I'm telling you, the things that are difficult that you're going through, the tests and the trials, the people and the relationships that you're in, and they're driving you bananas and they're making you nuts. See, those situations are to make you better. If God hasn't taken them out of your life, you're going to be better because of it, because of them. And he told this story of some fishermen in the Northeast. And they were codfishers. And so they were selling codfish, and they, they were freezing it, and they were shipping it all over the country. And they were finding that when the codfish came to the, came to the grocers and the people, when they would take it home, the people who would buy it, it would be mushy, and it would lose its flavor, and it wouldn't have much taste. You know, and so they, they, were, they were searching for a way to get the codfish from there to where they needed to be so that they were still firm and the flesh was good and it tasted nice and all those kind of things. So they came up with this idea to put them in these big tanks. So they took these huge tanks, they loaded them on these big planes, they filled them with water, then they filled them with the codfish because that's their natural environment. They're not frozen, they're not now out of the water, they're in the water, living in their environment. But they found that, that when they still got to the grocery, they got to the right places, when the people would eat them, they were still kind of mushy. That they were, they were still kind of flavorless, and, they, and they, they, didn't, they didn't have, but they thought, I don't understand what's going on. Because now they're, see, they're in their natural environment. They're peaceful. Everything's okay. And then somebody said one day, why don't we put a catfish in the tank? Let's go get a big catfish, and we'll throw it in the tank. And I said, well, what's the deal? And he said, well, codfish are scared. The natural enemy of a codfish is a catfish. And so they said, well, we'll try anything. So they threw the catfish in there. Well, wouldn't you know that the entire time those codfish are on that plane, they are alert. They are paying attention to what's going on because the enemy's in the tank. The irritation is there. And then when they got to the places they needed to be, it solved the problem because the flesh was tasty, it was firm, and they were okay. Too many times as believers, we try to get away from the difficult situations. We try to get away from the difficult circumstances. We try to get away from the difficult people. And what we find 
is that our life becomes stale and bland and mushy. See, that our relationships are just kind of the same. And you're with somebody or hang out with them or you get to know them to a level and to a point where they irritate you. Then when they begin to irritate you, you're out. See, the closer you get with people, the more they're going to irritate you. That's the way it works. Corey's never been more irritating to me. And me to him. But I love that because what we're doing truly is is we're producing pearls. All the things. I mean, I'm telling you what, the people who have irritated me most in my life have taught me the greatest lessons. Think of those coaches sometimes. Man, they irritated the daylights. They were after you all the time. And they were poking on you, picking on you, doing things. Why? Well, they loved you and they cared about you, but they wanted you to become something. And then when you're finished and when you're out of that relationship or you're out of that time or you're out of that season, what do you go back? You go back and say, man, I learned the most mm-hmm, right. during this time of my life. And everybody's like, well, that was when your life was a train wreck. <laughs> well, it looked like a train wreck, but God was just putting the train back on the track to yes, go a different right. direction. Yes. So he was just moving me in a different place, moving me to a different season, moving me to a different time. My brother irritated the daylights out of me. I shared that last week to the point where I wanted to pound him all the time. But I'm a better person because of it. I said it allowed me to deal with people in church a whole lot better. You can't do anything to me that he didn't. <laughs> you can't irritate me nearly as much as that kid. Now he's coming Thanksgiving, so I got to be good. He'll say something about me. But see, you go through those things. There is, there is tra- I believe what Elizabeth says. I am in traffic situations and I am stuck behind those folks for a reason and a purpose. So you know what I'm praying now? God, show me what that reason and purpose is so I can be delivered from the traffic demons. It's important because you go from wooden clay to silver and gold. See, it takes you in a new place and in a new part of your life. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27, we'll end with this. It's Paul speaking, and he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. See, she could have stayed at Purdue, and she could have done that job just as half sloppy as she wanted to, upset and mad at God, knowing that's not the place she's supposed to be. She could have stayed there and said, You know what? Fine. If I'm going to be here, I'm going to suffer, and so is everybody else going to suffer. She could have said that. That could have been her attitude. That could have been what she wanted to do. But you know what? She went into it differently. She said, you know what? There is a prize in this race. And God, I want to win the prize. I'm done trying to decide who's right and wrong. I'm done trying to decide why and why not. I just want, you know what I want in the end? I want the pearl. You know what I want? I want to win the prize. And he goes on and says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do not get a crown that will not last, but we do get, we do, sorry, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, Paul says, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body. It doesn't say, I take out the problem. It doesn't say, I take out the other person. It doesn't say, I quit my job. It says, I strike a blow to my body. Interesting. 
and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself may, be, may not be disqualified for the prize. But if somebody's irritating you, if you're in a situation where it's just driving you bananas, ask God what he has for you in that situation. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.